Ho, 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 ho. What can I get you? Hey, Santa. A pony and an iPhone for my mom. She really wants one. That's a lot. Look, at Metro, they'll give you an iPhone 6S just for switching. Charlie Jingle Bells. I should switch to Metro. It's smart. You should. Get this unbelievable deal under your tree. Switch and get an iPhone 6S on us. Hurry, because deals this good don't last long. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Not valid for current T-Mobile network numbers or numbers active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney. I'm so excited. Today is January 24th, and man, where has the time gone? Thank you so much for joining us here on Beyond Talk. That was a beautiful, beautiful musical selection by Miss Corin Hawthorne, who was uh, a contestant on one of my favorite shows, The Voice. Well, if you want to call in tonight, we have some very special guests tonight. We have three uh, to talk about the travel and tourism industry uh, here on Beyond Talk tonight. So our call-in number, if you want to ask a question, if you want to add into the conversation, number is 646-716-7994. And I want to thank our fantastic producer, Ms. Jacqueline Taylor-Adams, for uh, being so wonderful and getting our guests together. Um, tonight's going to be a fantastic show, as I said. And I want to say hello to our guests. And um, we have Miss Edwina Warder, Mr. Greg DeShields, and Miss Betty Smith. Are you all on the, on the line? Yes. How are yes, you tonight? Fine, right. thank you, and yourself. 
Well, I am wonderful, wonderful. Now, let's start with, uh, um, man, are, are all of you are in the Philadelphia area? No, I live in California. This is Edwina. I live okay. in California. Edwina, this is Edwina? Yes. Okay, Edwina, since, and I believe everyone else is in uh, Philadelphia. I'm in uh, Indianapolis, so we are all over the country. So our uh, audience is going to get a, a, a great variety of uh, input here. So please feel free to call up and ask your questions. I'm going to start with Ms. Edwina Warder in California. Uh, please let us know about what your business and your uh, area of expertise in the travel and tourism area. Uh, again, my name is Edwina. I live in Southern California. Um, we Ebus Travel is a freelance consultant travel agency. We specialize in European and Caribbean destinations, and we're, we're focused on uh, group vacations. But we also provide um, travel for friend getaways or information for travel for friend getaways, and we accommodate independent travelers um, as well. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Thank you for having me. um, No problem. Uh, Greg DeShields, uh, please uh, introduce yourself to our audience here on Beyond Talk. Greg? All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Ms. Betty Smith. Are you with us, Betty? Yes, I am. And actually, uh, Faith, I am now in, I'm originally from Philadelphia. I'm now in Kansas City, Missouri. We're the owner That's of right. Moving Tours and Travel. Um, now Ooh. we have been out in Kansas City, Missouri for a while, realized there was a need out here for cultural and heritage tours. And we've only been incorporated for uh, two months, actually. So we're starting up again uh, to do pretty much what we did in Philadelphia, and that is we specialize in heritage tours. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait to learn um, more about that in just a second. I know Mr. Uh, Greg DeShields is the executive director of PHL. Um, oh, his call dropped, so we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, um, let's let's dis- uh, discuss Betty Smith. Let's talk about your um, ventures, and you're in Kansas City, so let us know what the climate is um, uh, for the tourism, the travel and tourism industry in your neck of the woods. Okay. Um, as I said, our company specializes in African-American heritage and cultural tours. Um, that's the as uh, that's the fastest growing segment of tourism as um, the National Trust for Historic Preservation um, had had a meeting and determined that is the fastest growing segment of the tourism meetings of the tourism uh, industry. Um, and what we're doing out here, as we did in Philadelphia, uh, going to a lot of different places that. Uh, specialized or that have memories and artifacts of heritage tourism and especially African-American tourism and some Indian tourism. Even out here in Kansas City, um, we put together packages relating to the history of African-Americans in Kansas City. Uh, In addition to the African-Americans, we're trying to reaching out and trying to partner with other uh, companies, other uh, African-American companies, and also other uh, companies as well, uh, doing business with them, putting together uh, tourism, tourist packages, and uh, just sharing that history with the people of Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. All right. Well, we have, I believe we have someone on the line from the 816 area code is uh, is are you there, caller? I am. Yes. Okay. Um, do you have a question? No, you're Mister. You're Greg Gefield, right? No, I'm the caller from the eight one six area code. Okay, I'm so sorry. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Yourself? I'm I'm wonderful. Thank you for for calling in. What's your question or comment? Um, if I was to take a heritage tour. Uh, Mrs. Betty, I think that was the name. Where would you suggest I go first? 
Well, if you come, if you're going to uh, take a tour through us, um, our tours are packaged, and what we would offer you would be a four-hour tour, depending on the size of your group, a four-hour tour of uh, utilizing the history of Kansas City. Um, there's a lot of history out here um, with uh, Jesse James, actually, believe it or not, uh, even though he was not African-American, but he has some African-American history uh, that's also attached to him. Uh, we would also take you to the 18th and Market, I'm sorry, 18th and Vine District, and that was the home of jazz, um, jazz greats such as Lewis, uh, um, some of the piano greats, uh, Duke Ellington also. They have played out here. Um, this was a time when African Americans were not allowed access to a lot of the other restaurants and venues in the city of Missouri, so they were relegated to that uh, area at 18th and Vine. Also at 18th and Vine, there is a jazz museum and the baseball museum, and it's highlighting uh, the baseball greats um, that were playing out here during that time when uh, they were not allowed to play ball in other parts of the city. Okay. Awesome, thank you. Well, uh, caller, um, I, would, I would like to uh, pose that question to Ms. Uh, Edwina Warder as well. Um, she, the caller wanted to know if he was to take a tour, where would you suggest? Well, basically, we do focus on the on international and Caribbean um, areas. Um, currently, we're going to go to Greece, and so normally what we do is we'll visit some countries like Greece or Rome or someplace, and then in the next year, we try to choose a different area. Personally, I mean, Paris is the city of light. I love Paris. <laughs> I, I can't imagine anybody who wouldn't love Paris. Eiffel Tower is absolutely amazing um i've been to cuba uh cuba is very organic and very uh, like i'm trying to think of the word i want to say it, it, it's, it's pure and you know the united states is probably going to be setting up businesses and things over there so i think that people should probably go to cuba before we as americans start to change it um, it, it's an awesome country, you know. Of course, you got the cigars. Everybody, you know, wants the cigars, the rum, but the people are very eager to share their culture, and the the tourism helps their economy tremendously. Uh, Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Iceland, most of these places I've been to. Um, so those are the trips that I offered first. I take advice from. I have a meetup group. And they'll say, okay, let's go here, let's go there. And so in 2018, I'm already planning for trips to different countries. But those are the countries that I can be very specific about. And I think that um, Paris and Cuba are probably the two main ones that I really, really like. Fantastic. I know we have uh, Mr. Greg DeShields back on the line with us. Mr. DeShields, how are you today? Yeah. Hi, how are you? And I apologize. I think I lost my signal. Oh, that's, that's quite all right. Um, would you mind uh, introducing yourself to our audience? We're, we're really interested in uh, in what you do and in your role in the travel and tourism industry. Sure. So my name is Greg DeShields. I'm the executive director of PHL Diversity, which was formerly known as the Multicultural Affairs Congress here in Philadelphia. We are a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, which is the official marketing arm for the city of Philadelphia. My particular division is uh, that which focuses on multicultural and diverse meetings and conventions to come to the city. We have been a part of the Convention and Visitors Bureau as of this year for 30 years, so we celebrate a long history. And a lot of our activities in the beginning really focused on developing African-American tourism within the city of Philadelphia, which included establishing more visitor-ready facilities. Uh, we serve as a valuable resource to the tourism industry in Philadelphia 
and to the community that really looks for fantastic as well as um, value-add facilities when hosting diverse uh, meetings and conventions. Probably some that would resonate with our listeners. Uh, most recently, we held the AME convention just prior to the Democratic National Convention here in Philadelphia. And then last year, we hosted the annual conference for the NAACP and the year before that, the Omega Sci-Fi Convention. And we actually are looking forward to the fall of this year where we'll actually host the Black MBA Conference here in Philadelphia. Oh, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Um, I want to pose a question to, um, well, uh, Mr. DeShields, how is it that uh, if, if I'm in Indianapolis and, and hosting events such as the, the Black MBAs and, and uh, the National Democratic Convention is quite a, a, a feat. What is it that is the draw for, um, for these uh, conventions to come to Philadelphia? What, what makes the difference? Well, I mean, I think a city like Philadelphia certainly has, you know, that distinguished history of being the birthplace of our democracy here in the United States, and we are a city of first. But I think as a city that has a very strong historical rooted um, foundation, we also are a city that has evolved to provide, you know, spectacular um, food and restaurant options, as well as great hotels, a fantastic meeting and convention facility. And most importantly, we're a walkable city. A lot of meetings and conventions in other cities, not that they don't have great facilities and great restaurants, but in a city like Philadelphia, and you can walk literally from your hotel to the convention center to a restaurant in all of maybe three or four blocks. And that is a real add value. And I think, you know, Philadelphia still is an affordable option when groups are looking from a price-sensitive perspective, a way of executing a world-class or stellar type of convention in a very contemporary, modern, metropolitan city at yet an affordable price for their attendees. That's amazing. Um, so I want to take our uh, questions to the West Coast with Ms. Edwina Warder. Um, I want to talk about international travel, and I want to talk about being a, um, a savvy traveler, you know, someone who is, uh, prepared, who loves to travel, um, and and really, really saves up for travel. That's his that's his thing. Um, how is it that people who who are the travelers? How how what's the better way for other people who want to be a traveler to prepare to to be a world traveler? Well, first of all, and it then- has to be a. Pro- First of all, it has to be a priority. Travel has to be one of your priorities in order to be able to travel. So that means that you might have to give up some things. You might have to give up some of the coffees and some of the purses and some of the shoes and then open up an account from like an online um, banking source and just put money away every month in that account, like a little savings. It doesn't have an ATM card. You know, you can't get to it, but you're putting that little bit of money away um, every month so that you can plan for travel. Um, once you are in the position that you're saving money, then you should probably do group travel because group travel is a little, it's more cost efficient. The more people that go, usually the less it is. And then if you don't have a travel buddy when you do group travel, then you can find somebody that you can travel with. But I, I think that the as far as the savings concerned, it has to be a priority for you. And then you have to be able to give up a little bit of something to get it depending on your finances. And usually when you do group tap, uh, travel, you can make monthly payments. So that makes it easier than coming up with a large lump sum. Absolutely. So, Betty, um, let's go to you as far as uh, the historical, the African-American historical destination. Uh, let's talk about how families fit into this um, this type of tourism. Absolutely. Uh, heritage tourism um, is an excellent way for families to, for adults to educate the children and their family. Also, uh, we do, we do uh, presentations and we do tours for schools, again, which is an excellent way to educate uh, young people. 
Uh, actually, we hope that through our educational our tour programs, we hope just to teach our children that education is definitely more than reading, writing, and arithmetic. Um, if you have a family, you're planning your annual uh, vacation or maybe the heritage tour would not be your main vacation. But if you just wanted to go around the city you live in, I would suggest that uh, you look for a, a tour company that specializes in educational uh, or heritage or cultural tours uh, just to share that history and that culture with your family. And almost any city you go into now, um, we, go to, uh, we also go to other cities with our groups. Um, there is some type of cultural or heritage tour available. And, again, it's an excellent way just to uh, share that education and the rich heritage of people of color with young people and older people yeah. also. I remember going on uh, some heritage tours with my family when I was younger. And, you know, that's something you never forget. All right, I believe we have another caller on the line. Caller, are you there? Hello? If, you, if you're a caller, please press pound one to speak. Please press pound one to speak if you're a caller. And we would love to uh, take, take your questions or comments. From the 404 area code, are you there? Okay, please press pound one. All right, we're going to go back to Miss um, Betty Smith and and talk and finish talking about um, you know the educational value of of travel, especially local travel um, and historical heritage heritage um, tourism. Speak about how, I mean, I, I know you've been in Philadelphia and now you're in Kansas City, uh, other cities. How do people find the, the tour guides or the, the best travel options in their town? I think uh, the first step is going through your visitors and convention bu- uh, bureaus. Uh, most of them have uh, they work with heritage tourism or people that provide heritage tourism, tourism, and I think that would be the first step. Uh, other than yeah. also going on the going online, but I think one of the the main steps I know uh, when I was in Philadelphia, I was part of uh, MAC, and uh, I was just um, just. Referred. I received a lot of referrals from Mac. I worked along with Mac at that time. And what is Mac? What is the acronym? For well, Mac? Mac is now Mac is now. I believe uh, Mr. DeChills can probably tell you. Mac was formerly, um, and that's because I was there a couple years, few years ago. It was Multicultural Affairs, but now it's called PHL. If I, if I'm correct, I think uh, Mr. DeChills could shed more light on that. Yeah, so this is Greg DeShields. So, like I said, we at the um, PHL Diversity, which was formerly the Multicultural Affairs Congress, you know, had a long history of both serving meetings and convention and specifically African-American tourists. And in our earlier years, we did focus heavily on the tourism component, which would provide resources for family reunions or cultural heritage tourism. We worked very closely, once again, with the various venues in the city to ensure that they had the kind of experience that people were looking for and they had the cultural richness and they had the dose and accuracy in terms of telling the story about us as African-American people in a way that it was a very educational yet enjoyable experience. You know, the only significant difference that I would say in terms of what we've done evolving from MAC to PHL diversity is that we've expanded the number of people who are around the table. So, you know, our audiences originally had the opportunity when they came to Philadelphia to learn a lot about our African-American history, but we've also evolved to include a very rich history from our our Latino Hispanic community as well as our Asian-American community, and we've now included both women and LGBT at our table to really provide the true value of coming to a destination like Philadelphia, which is just so incredibly diverse. But the remarks that were made earlier about when you're trying to go into a city and you're trying to figure out where do I go to get the information, without any doubt, whether it's the Visitors Bureau, the Visitor Center, or the Conventions and Visitors Bureau itself, 
they collect all of the information that is really most current and relevant. Some of it is because the organizations are members, and some of it is just because they keep a pulse on the things that are happening in their market. But I think it's a great way to start to get the information that you need, and if they have additional resources that can provide you even a more enhanced experience, then you know, I would just continue to work through them as a uh, primary source. So as, as a city like Philadelphia, um, you, you do have such a robust, history and, um, you know, a very diverse um, population, uh, gosh, I can imagine that it's really kind of overwhelming for someone who, you know, maybe from a small town come in and, and figure out what to do first. Uh, are there uh, people to help visitors with those decisions, with those choices and, and schedules? So there's two options of how you could approach it in Philadelphia. You know, I've indicated that we at the Convention and Visitors Bureau has various resources, and you could certainly start by visiting our website at www.phldiversity.com, and there's a variety of resources that are just, you know, at a finger's click. There's another organization called Visit Philadelphia that provides individual leisure tourism information. We both collaborate in how we are able to position the destination for a variety of visitors, but I think when you have that particular kind of resource, we then may say, I don't have all of the resources to assist you. For example, if you wanted to take an African-American slavery tour in Philadelphia, but I would connect you with our partners at the African-American Museum in Philadelphia, and then Patty Wilson Aiden and all of her team would either connect with other people in the arts and culture or in the uh, historical cultural community to help build a package for you. But, you know, the Bureau or tourist agency can be that vehicle to make the introduction. And then if it is that you ultimately end up at one organization, they can do specific customization of experiences that you're looking for. Even if you don't know what you want, they can help you at least know what are the must-sees, the must-do when you're in that market. Absolutely. Those partnerships are fantastic, and, um, you know, it, it does make Philadelphia sound so attractive right now. I think that, uh, um, you know, you're just the, uh, the flavors, you know, not only with the food, but with the art and the cultural flavors really um, enhance the experience. Um, and I want to still, I still want to go, I'm trying to balance this out, but um, Edwina, with the international flair, what are some of the more um, exotic or memorable uh, trips that you've taken and um, what are some things that we can look forward to coming in 2017 and 2018? I guess I would have to say the most memorable trip that I've taken was to Cuba because it's always been so mysterious. It's like something that we can't have and that we couldn't get to because our country did not do export with um, with Cuba. So when I was afforded the opportunity to go, I jumped on it, and it's just, it's, it's like another world, and it's not like a third world in regards to how they live, but, you know, it is, they do have their economic struggles, but the people were so kind, and it's just, it's very rich with history, so I, I would um, have to say that Cuba was the most exciting place that I've been, uh, barring Paris. I just, I simply love Paris. Um, in the future for uh, 2017, um, we are going to uh, Greece. Uh, we are also going back to um, Paris. We're going to Rome, and we're going on to Barcelona. And we'll visit Madrid um, when we go to Barcelona. And then in December, I am uh, taking a group um, back to Cuba. I went with a uh, a group when I went to Cuba, and so I decided that I would do a group trip um, to Cuba because I just think that everybody should go before the United States gets over there and we do what we do. We take over and we change things and it just, you need to see it at its, at its purest form. And then in 2018, uh, we're uh, planning some trips uh, to, to um, Thailand. We're trying to try to get to South Africa and then we're going to do New Zealand, Australia. So those are some things that I'm um, working on as far as the 2018. The 2017 trips are set. Um, we're still looking for travelers to participate in our trip to uh, Rome, Paris, and Barcelona. 
and um, we are uh, we have some spots left for our Cuba trip that's coming up. All right, that sounds amazing. So we're gonna take a break here on Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about doing business with the travel and tourism industry. So we'll be right here. This is Faith McKinney with Beyond Talk. Cake offers great food and desserts homemade to be delivered to your next event or celebration. You can choose to pick up or deliver. Book your next appointment today with Odeline's Catering, Inc. at 646-657-6640. Let us bring taste to your next celebration. It's all about travel and tourism today on Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney. I have three amazing guests today. We have Edwina Warder, Greg DeShields, and Betty Smith. Um, if you are uh, in, uh, in the audience and you want to call in, please call in. Our number is 646-716-7994. We, and press pound one if you want to talk. We are so excited to have you uh, call in and ask your questions or leave a comment for any of our questions, any of our guests about travel and tourism today. This is so fascinating because, you know, travel and tourism is now a probably multi-billion dollar industry. Every day we see commercials with these huge, huge cruise ships and, um, you know, talk about, you know, visit uh, Michigan, you know, and and Kentucky commercials, uh, you know, for travel and tourism. Can anyone speak, or I'd love to hear from all of you, but um, let's start with you, Mr. DeShields. Uh, talk about the industry as a whole. Um, you know, how is it? How robust is it? Uh, what's it going to what's it looking like for 2017? Greg? All right, well, let's go to Betty. Um Gregory, are you there? Okay, Betty, um, let's talk to talk to you. I want to see you about um, you know the tourism industry and how can small businesses engage. I know you have your heritage tours. Um, how do small business businesses engage, and how can they be even uh, a, a bigger presence in the tourism industry? Uh, absolutely, I think uh, we have here in Kansas City. One of the companies that I use are African-American bus companies. Uh, We utilize them. When we uh, go out, we go to African-American restaurants, um, which also provides uh, monies and and employment. Um, They're part of the tourism industry. Some of the restaurants here are just open um, solely. The larger restaurants are open, will open up for us as a group, for our large groups. Um, we also could um, we also utilize um, trying to think of some of the other uh, smaller uh, vendors that we use, but mainly they would be our restaurants. Um, we have some specialty stores out here in Kansas City and Missouri and in Kansas. 
uh, that we utilize too. Some of the museums, of course, uh, trying to give back to the cultural and heritage, um, uh, some of that, uh, the money that's collected. Some of the museums here are baseball, our jazz museum, some of the museums and also a lot of the jazz uh, venues downtown at 18th and Vine are definitely a large part of, uh, of what we do. That's okay. Uh, Gregory, is, I believe you're is, back. Yeah. Yes. Do you hear me? I can hear you now. Sorry about that. No problem. So what I was going to say, you know, in terms of the tourism and hospitality industry, it's a very resilient industry. Uh, even in tough economic times, people want to eat, drink, and travel. Uh, while they might do it in a limited way, the opportunities exist. But, you know, kind of looking at the seven-year trending cycle, uh, hotel occupancies are much higher than they had been, of course, during the economic downturn. But more importantly, hotels have been able to deliver a higher quality product and experience for customers. And as such, they've been able to adapt to higher average daily rates for hotels. And, you know, we just kind of the average across the country, there's an incremental growth of, uh, you know, anywhere between 25 to $35 on a given room night compared to what the industry may have been uh, during, you know, 2008, 2009. Um, but I think what's more important about where we are today in the industry is that it continues to evolve with new project or product concepts. Uh, when you look specifically at the hotel segment uh, with the growth of boutique hotels and hotels looking at providing more of a customer or a guest experience that really replicates your lifestyle, that which you're accustomed to, that there's a more meaningful experience that you have. So the industry continues to evolve to deliver a better experience and overall better value to the customer. Um, from the perspective of a tourism um, um, point of view, there's been, you know, without any doubt over the years, the development of greater venues and experiences to kind of learn more, whether it's about your culture, whether it's about your heritage, or whether just some of the historical elements of some of our incredible cities. I mean, I'd be remiss if we didn't acknowledge, you know, the African American Museum that opened up in Washington, which is a great testament to show what our tourism industry is like and the power of it from a, a, a historical heritage um, point of view to provide customers just an incredible experience that would then allow them when they're in that market to spend money in a restaurant, spend money in a hotel, take a cab to go somewhere. But ultimately those are part of the vehicles that drive the engine to our industry. You know, and I think most uh, relevant to what we do in, in this industry is we create jobs for hourly people who pay mortgages, who put kids in school and ultimately see us as a way to live the life that they, in fact, aspire to achieve. And I think that's why, for us, it's just a continuous passion to build our tourism industry to be as strong as it possibly can be for the thousands of workers that we have. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned also that, um, you know, there are plenty of niche uh, areas in the tourism, within the tourism industry, such as boutique hotels and, and um, you know, customized tours, um, aside from the heritage uh, tours, what other type of tourism are, are represented in, uh, in uh, the world that people can enjoy, especially um, small, small business um, tours? Well, I think the idea of, you know, um, I guess destination by destination offers a great deal of opportunities. There's, you know, the uniqueness of um, cultural heritage tourism that can be tied to, for example, just following the, the Chitlin circuit. There's also ecotourisms that can, uh, experiences that can be provided that allows you to, you know, be much more engaged with the sustainability initiatives that might take place in a particular market. Um, there are some markets where tourism has been truly built completely around the uh, recreational or the, um, um, I'm trying to think of the best word to describe it, um, the adventure aspect of tourism where there's entertainment as well as, um, you know, recreational parks and um, entertainment venues for families. So those 
you know, markets that do that well, I mean, there's a reason why you see the development of Ferris wheels in certain cities. It really appeals from a niche market to a certain kind of customer who's looking for a very different but a very unique um, experience that provides them ultimately that kind of, you know, memory that is what we all seek, you know, when we go to a different destination. So, you know, if you kind of look at it destination by destination, what are some of the assets what are some of the things that we have that we can provide and do something very different that might be in a different market and then invest in that particular aspect of your tourism industry and just continue to refine and build that customer base, you know, that would certainly see that as a reason for them to choose one destination over another. I want to ask each of, each of you, um, because this show is geared towards entrepreneurs and small businesses in particular, African-American businesses, how can – small businesses engage in the travel and tourism industry. Um, I want to start, let's start with Edwina because she has more of an international perspective. How do small businesses engage in the tourism industry from your perspective? Well, I am a small business, so, and I started my business um, because I love to travel, and um, I just recently retired, and I, I wanted to take advantage of the travel and, you know, supplement my income. So that is the reason why I started my business. And what I do is um, I've created a group and a meetup group, and we meet and we do other things so that we can get to know each other and we can be comfortable uh, with each other. And um, I just do a lot of research on um, the tourism websites. There, They have a wealth of information. So no matter where you're going to go, whether you're going to stay in the United States or whether you're going to go somewhere internationally, the tourism websites, they just have a lot of information, and you can find things to do, um, events that are happening in that particular country. Um, I I research a lot of travel blogs, um, and I read a lot of travel magazines like um, Travel and Leisure and Condé Nast, and so that's how I started. And then um, I take advantage of social media. Um, some of the trips that I have, the travelers that I have on them came from some of my social media um, uh, sites. Um some of them come from my meetup group that I started. So that's how I um, started my business. And um, we're in our infancy, so we're just really starting out. And although the business is in infancy, I've been traveling for like 20 or 30 years. So I, I understand travel. I understand that I have to save money so that I can travel. And travel is a priority for me. But there is, you know, just a lot of research, and you've got to be able to speak about where you want to go because people want to ask questions. And so pretty much for me it was just uh, a lot of research, places that I've been to, and the places that I haven't been to, I just got to do a lot of research. All right. I want to uh, invite our audience to call in. Our number is 646-716-7994. Again, audience, if you want to call in and ask your questions about travel and tourism or leave a comment, our number is 646-716-7994, and please press pound 1 if you'd like to speak. All right, I want to ask this question again um, to you, Ms. Ms. Uh, Edwina. Uh, Can group travel be a way to attract customers for a certain market? And um, and also, um, are there any collaborations partnerships or ways to do business with uh, your e-biz travel in particular? Um, my niche is international travel, so the attraction would be to that you want to go and you want to travel internationally. You know, the world is larger than your backyard. So if you are in the position to travel internationally, why not take advantage and see some of the things and some of the places that God has placed here for us to see, and there's a lot of history, historical sites when you go to some of these um, places. And so, if you are a history buff, then like when you go to Rome, you know you can see the Vatican, the Sistine Chapel, you can see the Colosseum, the Roman Forum. I'm kind of like a gladiator girl. I like those type of movies, so I'm extremely excited. This will be my first time going to Rome, so I'm extremely excited to uh, go to Rome because I like to see those type of things. The Louvre in Paris is a museum. You get to see things that you just don't get to see in the United States, I, and that's yeah. my just my personal opinion. Um, in regards to collaborations, I because my company is in its infancy, I haven't done a lot of collaboration, 
but I have been approached like uh, there's a gentleman that lives in Jamaica, and so he has a um, he does transportation. And so if I send a client, because I also do independent travel, if you want to go somewhere, call me and I'll research it for you. I uh, I will refer him as far as the travel. And I've done some research on him, um, looked at his website. You know, I'm just keeping an eye on him. And then I have another uh, young lady who has a company called Bougie Chic, and she has it's a clothing boutique. And she's interested in either coming in, and I have a meetup group of uh, 100-plus people, you know, giving them a discount so that she can be introduced to the group or possibly um, giving me some of her clothing items for any future contests or anything like that. But I am open to collaboration. It just depends on the collaboration and, and, and how we can work together. Wow, absolutely. That's, that sounds like a, a great um, niche for someone who is uh, interested in maybe piecing together travel industry and other industry. You know, I never would have... Uh, thought of a clothing industry uh, helping out a travel industry um, uh, in, in a tourism industry. But, you know, it, it all works together. Well, if you think about it, normally um, tropical areas are the number one places that people want to travel. They're the number one place. And so usually you want to have nice clothing. You want to have a cute dress if you're a girl. For guys, or shorts. But her company is uh, a women's site. But you want to have a cute dress and cute sandals. And so that's why she came in and said, you know what, let's let's try to do something together. It'll benefit her company because she has really cute items. And then it'll benefit me and, and the members of my travel group if she provides them um, with a discount. So, um, yeah, it, 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 I, I was kind of shocked. I didn't think of it actually. She's the one that approached me. And then I had an aha moment. I was like, you know, you're right. So, yeah, I didn't think of it either, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, well, that is an opportunity to um, – you know, think of the, the ways you can collaborate with the people that you meet all over the world, possibly. Um, hmm, that sounds like another show. <laughs> yeah, so, so Greg, let's, I want to ask you, um, in, in regards to working with people in the travel industry, what are some things that um, you wish other people knew about the travel industry or what are some things that you wish people would do better when, in regards to working with people in the travel industry? Well, I think if you're a business and you want to get engaged in the travel industry, I think it's, you know, worthwhile to say, you know, kind of become a bit of a study of the industry. Um, you know, the industry follows a cyclical pattern. So it's not that you'll always have an opportunity with, um, you know, the tourism activity of your particular destination. So it would be worthwhile to kind of learn what the peaks and valleys are. Um, I think without any doubt, our industry is one of, you know, relationships. So I think you have to determine what organization in your particular market offers you the best opportunity to cultivate a relationship that will not only provide you access to business opportunities, but to provide you information about your industry so that you can make a strategic decision about your business as to when would be the best opportunity for it to be, um, you know, a collaborative partner or to approach it in terms of contracting opportunities. You know, an example is, you know, we have been very fortunate to have conventions like the World Meetings of Family and the Democratic National Convention, and soon we'll have the NFL draft. And there are individuals who are in the tourism and hospitality industry who look to get involved with our industry when that group is there. But that might be one group in a year that has that kind of significant bandwidth. But we also have up to 30 to 35 other conventions that are coming in that could easily have 20, 30,000 people that would offer you, you know, the same sort of business opportunity. But, you know, if you're only focusing on when the big fish comes in town, I think you really miss where the real deep pool of opportunity exists. So I would say that it's really about learning about the industry, learning the, the cyclical pattern of your market, and then establish a relationship with a particular organization that gives you the best intel and access to business opportunities um, with your tourism industry. I'm going to bring on our, our producer, Jacqueline Taylor Adams. But I, I, before that, I want to ask um, for people who are interested in, in forming those relationships, where are the best places to um, 
begin relationships in the in your area, Greg, in particular, uh, where do the movers and the shakers meet? Well, I mean, you know, we're well, an interesting city because we do have um, a very uh, collaborative spirit between our hospitality entities. Um, the membership-based one would be the Convention and Visitors Bureau. The second one would be the Hotel Association. You know, those are two of the primary engines that really drive the economic opportunities around the meetings and conventions or tourism that takes place in Philadelphia. And I think once you made the investment to be a member, you then cultivate that relationship between either of the two, which will give you all the intel that you need, but will also provide you access to those customers that are coming in and have a particular interest in their business. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Okay, Jacqueline Taylor-Adams, are you with us? Yes, yes. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for being on. Um, I just wanted to, you know, just kind of share because what got me interested um, of, was actually Betty Smith. Um, you know, Betty um, was doing travel, and if you, she may, you know, hook you up with a discount, but you had to do the work. So <laughs> acting <laughs> learned. And then if she was um, short some docent, she's like, ah, oh, I got the Urban League coming in, and I need some people. So she drop off history in my door, and you have about, you know, a couple of days to learn all this history. Um, because one way Betty really did different in um, how she excelled, um, many times what happened, you'll get on the bus, a tour, you know, um, a tour company puts you on the bus to the place, and the docent that, say, at the museum will tell you everything about it. But we had to learn, you know, so much history because Philadelphia has crazy history, and I know Philadelphia yeah. has that other cities have to have it, just like in North Philly on Temple Campus. And um, my church, well, we just, we were on our 41st um, anniversary right off of board in Susquehanna, Greg. And we have been there 30-something years, at least 30 years. And um, I went, I did a tour. Um, I, um, okay, Betty and Greg, y'all got to tell me, what are those tours? Remember the tour we did, Betty, where they welcome other tourists? tour company, and they let you do the historical tours called the AM tour or something? Okay, yeah, I think that was the one that we did in conjunction with the Philadelphia NAACP. And, um, no, this is one, like, the tour, the um, the convention center does it, because you remember the convention center, yeah. and they took different, um, you know, I guess um, people from different tour, tour agencies, they took them around to see the Philadelphia you know, the city of Philadelphia to yeah, give them oh, incentives the for, um, yeah, it was a fan. That's fan what it's tour. called. A fan for tour. The tour guides. Like, yeah, right. for, yeah. From the tour it's, companies in, yeah. in the city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But there I learned, yeah. and I lived in Philly all my life. I'm going on 50, over 50 years in Philly, but it wasn't until I went, did that fan tour that I learned, um, about Billy holiday right up there on temple campus. And, um, you know, Marcus Garvey and um the um you know, jazz singers and different things. Some things you knew, some houses you knew, like new Paul Robeson house, but the deep amount of history, especially in North Philly, an area they love to claim is so poor and underserved, has crazy rich history, you know, that's relevant, you know, to the to the to Philadelphia, to the country, to the world. And um so even more than just downtown Philadelphia, there's so much significant history. But in that, also working with her when um, after Good left, when Rundell came in, they were Rundell's administration was very cognizant of reaching out to the small businesses and letting them know one what was the direction of the city. At that time, they wanted to make tourism the number one industry, and they involved the small businesses in that. So. What I really see African-American small businesses don't think of, I mean, it's all of these promoters out there. These people give parties, um, you know, you know the um, spoken word events, the music events. But 99% of these people do not ever think to engage the tourism industry or just the, that market. All those people coming in the tour, especially Philadelphia, it's a big 
industry. It's a big market of people that come in. And I have been in a hotel, a hotel. Um, one of the questions they were asking, the gentleman asked about how do you find out, generally the concierge of a hotel is your friend. When you go, they're the ones to tell you everything to do. So if you're in business, you need that relationship, not just so much with the hotel director, but the concierge. And so you can get direct access. I felt that you get direct brochure and all. These are all benefits of being a member because Betty was a member of the Convention and Visitors Bureau, and then she served a lot with Multicultural Affairs Congress, which was a division. But that membership, yes. you know, really did offer really some valuable. phenomenal benefits. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, and you follow the seasons, you know, because they plan ahead of time. And if you plan accordingly, I mean, they from just giving you, and I was also, after that I joined MAC. I was a member of MAC. But from simply giving you the leads of all the hotel directors to being able to be a part of a mailing that goes to tourism companies, you know, throughout the world, you have the opportunity. Our theaters are not members. They think it's the cost is too high. But when you think about the ability to sell out your shows, every show, is the cost really too high? So, I mean, you do have to do your numbers and have to be relevant. Um, I'm working to close a client now, gentleman, 70-something years old. He's right off of Broad Street across from the Pearl um, Theater, right, you know, the back lot to that Pearl Theater, to that strip right there on North Broad. He's right across. He has a bar. You know, it's like it looks almost like Cheers, you know, where everybody knows my name. You know, very homey. And, you know, there's a lot of competition moving in. Some not some of them may not may not be legit, but I was like, it's just so many reasons to come up here. You know, the students are here. People love black culture. Sixty percent of popular music in the world is African American music. If you do something African American culturally, I um, I have been a marketing director, a bushfire theater, um, first world theater ensemble for over almost twenty years now. Um, I work with Freedom, you know, um, October Gallery, um, the visual arts. I just love the arts. I've done a lot of marketing around the arts. Everything I've done in black arts maintains a minimum of a 30% white audience. So you're automatically going to get, you know, white audiences because um, just, you know, a lot of times culturally, you know, they're brought up to automatically enjoy and appreciate art for the art of art. And, you know, they find our art very riveting. So um, so sometimes we're afraid to think, if I just have it just black and all, um, you know, be business. Think of business. You know, if you do something that's all black, it's a niche. But look at your market. Um, there are just so many opportunities, no matter what city you're in, Tourism, I don't know one city, county, that tourism isn't an important part of their um, economic engine. So just if you're in, um, you know, and look also, at, you Jackie, know, what would it to, mm-hmm. Just to um, remind everybody an awesome, uh, an awesome um, uh, uh, resource, if you're in the how to get involved with the industry also, would be your hotel managers, your hotel and catering uh, sales managers, even mm-hmm. out here, I've gone by and made appointments, introduced myself to everybody, as I did in Philadelphia. Um, when they have groups coming in, whether it's a family reunion with maybe only 100 people or if it's a convention with over 1,000, those people, the, they're giving up the rooms, they're selling the rooms, but they can also recommend you uh, or your business if you want to be a part or be involved. Uh, and doing business with some of the conventioners or people that are coming in from out of town. That's an awesome resource for your your hotel and uh, convention salespeople and managers. And I should also and add... And even uh, like when they Greg, do movies we, in, in it, cities, right? Right. Yeah, this is yes. Greg. You know, no, one I thing I would say... What I would say um, from what we do at the Convention and Visitors Bureau and PHL Diversity, annually we hold a business opportunity luncheon for minority businesses. Uh, It's going to be held on February 21st. 
We'll bring in the planners who have an interest in speaking to minority businesses about the vending, contracting, and exhibiting opportunities that they have for their conventions. We're excited this year because we'll have black doctors or national medical, we'll have the black MBAs, and we'll also have Hispanic bar. Uh, To have the planners actually speak to minority businesses, whether they be caterers or printers or limousine drivers or florists, to tell them, here's what I need from you when we're in your city. Um, We did it um, two years ago for NAACP. Last year we did it with the AME Church, and it really is a great resource for minority businesses to make that connection when they attend our luncheon. We have close to about 250 people who attend, and the objective is to make it as seamless as possible through the Convention and Visitors Bureau to connect minority businesses to minority conventions for a great business opportunity. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I think it's um, wonderful. I I just wanted you guys to share, because I know you have a wealth of information, but I just really want our audience to realize to start, you know, stretching, start thinking creatively. Um, like I said, I have a, this is a bar, um, and it's not just a bar, but it's a bar that has three floors of rooms. You know, these are just, you know, opportunities. So when, you know, people are putting on events or, um, you know, even churches, like what we did with, with historical tours, um, we gave um, did, we do a thing every year called a lawnathon, and I wanted to make it a little different. And because I learned about that rich history, which was is literally around the corner from from where we are, uh, one of the state reps got us a bus, and for free we were able to you know um, we were able to offer to the community a free historical tour through Nubian Tours of the area that they actually lived in that most people didn't know the rich history of. There are just, you know, so many opportunities and all, you know, to engage that, you know, you may not actually think of. So um, just start, you know, putting on your creative caps and look at opportunities to do business. And um, if it's not here in the great city of Philadelphia, <laughs> you know, but check with your, um, your <laughs> you know, your um, your local bureau because, you know, a lot of the structures are generally the same. There's always the... Um, like he said, you have your Convention and Visitors Bureau, you have your, your hotel associations, and you have your meeting planners. Those are three core um, associations that's going to be almost part of every market. So, you know, start checking in there and see, you know, where some opportunities may lie and um, see where it benefits to, um, you know, for membership, see what type of memberships are available. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would also just like to share that there is business, there's so much business here in the industry. Um, When I just recently did my current uh, business plan, I redid it, and I got stats from the uh, Travel Aid Industry Association of America, and they were saying that the third largest retail sales industry uh, is tourism, and that amounts to about $584 billion, and that was in 2005. Um, but so just to say, there's enough business in it for everybody, and especially if you get if you're creative, uh, because it's just not overseas, it's just not heritage tourism. Um, you know, there there historic sites again in museums. There are cultural events and festivals. Um, there you know visiting national parks in addition to going overseas, um, and and just to uh, have everybody keep up on their current travel trends. But there is enough business for everybody to be a part of it if that's what you're interested in, the travel industry. All right. Well, I think this wraps up another Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney. I want to thank uh, our wonderful guest, Ms. Edwina Water of eTravel, Mr. Greg DeShields, of, uh, Executive Director of PHL Diversity, and Ms. Betty Smith of Nubian Nubian Travels, is that correct? Nubian Tourism and Travel, West. Mm-hmm. Nubian Tourism and Travels. And also I want to thank our wonderful producer, Ms. Jacqueline Taylor-Adams, for uh, producing another wonderful show. You've given so much 
information to our audience, um, and I know they got a lot out of it. I learned a lot. I want to thank you for your time, and I hope you'll tune in every every other week with Beyond Talk with Faith McKinney. Have a great evening. Good evening. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Ho, 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 what can I get you? Hey, Santa, a pony and an iPhone for my mom. She really wants one. That's a lot. Look, at Metro, they'll give you an iPhone 6S just for switching. Charlie Jingle Bells, I should switch to Metro. It's smart, you should. Get this unbelievable deal under your tree. Switch and get an iPhone 6S on us. Hurry, because deals this good don't last long. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Not valid for current T-Mobile network numbers or numbers active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Ho, 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 what can I get you? Hey, Santa, a pony and an iPhone for my mom. She really wants one. That's a lot. Look, at Metro, they'll give you an iPhone 6S just for switching. Charlie Jingle Bells, I should switch to Metro. It's smart, you should. Get this unbelievable deal under your tree. Switch and get an iPhone 6S on us. Hurry, because deals this good don't last long. Metro by T-Mobile. Plus sales tax and activation fee. Not valid for current T-Mobile network numbers or numbers active on Metro in past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions.